everybody. My, my name is David Campos. My beautiful wife, Christina, and I are the campus pastors for our cow community. And so, yeah. And so I want to welcome you to church this morning. I'm so glad that you're here with us. We have one service today, all together Sunday. It was great. This is great, everybody. You know, I, I knew that I knew that at our, our 9.30 people would be like, oh, wow, nice. You know, another hour of sleep. And our 11.30 people would be like, really? You want me to come to church an hour early? Like, what, what is going on here? So, you know, we're just smiling at everybody. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> we are in this series called Devoted. It's, it's part of our Summer at One Chapel. Um, and we're just kind of looking at the three books of the Bible. Actually, the three closest friends that Jesus kind of had. He took with him, James, John, and Peter. And so this morning, uh, actually last Sunday, Pastor Rob introduced you to Peter. And we, we started in chapter one of 1 Peter. We're just going to continue going into chapter two this morning. And we're going to talk about Devoted, right? And, you know, so Devoted... Uh, devotion, dedication, like love has different meanings nowadays. It doesn't mean the same thing that it used to. I mean, I could probably ask my parents what devoted and devotion looks like. You can ask me what devoted is. I could ask my kids, and I could even ask some, some of my, grand, my granddaughter, and, and you may get a bunch of different answers, and that's just kind of where we're at. And so before, before we go any, any further, my intent is to be clear, right, to, to bring some clarity today and clarify, you know, what we're talking about, and especially based on a biblical definition of devoted, and so that's what, that's what, we, that's what we want to do, and so, you know, I discovered something interesting, right, because not only are there differences in the definition in, in the human world and through generational uh, ideology and generational understanding, but it, there's also a little bit of difference in the digital world, right? So me, me being, you know, sound, as sound as I could possibly be, trying to be a good pastor, you know, looking for the word devoted, trying to find that definition, you know, I did, like any other good uh, pastor would do, I Googled it, so... Uh, <laughs> so Google says this, and the, the Oxford defines it this way, defines devoted this way, very loving or loyal, given over to the display, study, or discussion of. And it's kind of had a little caveat there of devote. And so that, that definition was give all or a large part of one's time or resources to, you know, a person, activity, or a cause. And then, and then you, you, you go to a different website, and, then, you know, Cambridge University says this about devoted. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I read it that way. I just, as soon as I clicked on it, I was like, oh, Cambridge University. Uh, <laughs> it said this way, devoted, extremely loving, extremely loving and loyal. Webster says, has this definition for devoted, characterized by loyalty and devotion. And finally, Dictionary.com says this, zealous or ardent in attachment, loyal or affection. And, and so I was kind of looking through, I was thinking, okay, these are, these are good. What is, the, what is the, the Bible? Says? Where, where are some maybe scriptures in the Bible where scripture is talking about devotion? And we find some. We, we find one in, in Acts 2.42, and the Bible speaks of devoted throughout, throughout scriptures. This is just one. The Bible says in Acts 2.42, it says, the devoted themselves, they devoted, excuse me, they devoted, they, supposedly, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so I was like, awesome. And I just want to unpack this just a little bit more. Okay, what is, what is the Greek, right? What's the Greek word for devoted here? What, what are we looking at? And so that word is proskarte reo. 
proskartereo. That is the Greek translation for this word, devoted. What does that mean? What is scripture trying to tell us about being devoted? And this is what scripture says. What it means is to be earnest towards, to, to persevere, to be constantly diligent, and to attend uh, assiduously all the exercises or to adhere closely to. Essentially, what it says here is saying to be steadfastly attentive unto something, to give unremitting care to a thing. So that's what we're looking at as we're walking through the scriptures, walking through scriptures, and we're walking through First Peter. We're, we're thinking about and we're looking at how Peter is charging the, the church that has been scattered across Asia to, for them to be devoted. Now, these are, these are, you may have watched the video last week, and these are, I, I believe these are Jews and Gentiles that he is speaking to, and he's telling them to persevere. And they were, they were under the emperor Nero at the time, and, quite, and, and, and you may not know this, but, or some of you may, but this is actually the persecution that, that took Peter's life. This is, this is where Peter was, was martyred in this persecution. And so there were, there were, there were, there were some, some historians and theologians that, that described the persecution that was coming. And at this point in time, it was starting to ramp up. It had not yet reached its peak, but at its peak, there was a historian that, that wrote that Nero would light Christians on fire in, in the evening to light his garden. That was, that's, that's what Peter was, was, was alluding to when he was talking about them to persevere. Persevere for the call that God had placed on their lives. Now, we don't face anything like that, but we also need to look at Scripture and say, okay, how is God calling me to persevere, amen? And so that's what we want to look at. That's what we want to, the, the perspective and the, the placement we want to put ourselves in, the posture that we want to have as we delve into Scripture and we read what Peter is saying to this church scattered, scattered across Asia. And so as we navigate through these things, let's just make this decision. Let's just say, okay, God, I'm going to take your word this morning. And, and I'm just going to hold it to my life. And I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit, which is evident. He's already, he's already moving here. I'm going to allow him to begin to mold me and shape me. I'm going to use the word of God to shape my life. Amen? Amen. All right. So with that, let's get into 1 Peter. I'd love to start in, in uh, chapter, chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says this, 1 Peter 2, 11. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners... To keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Come on, together let's just say this. Lord, we come before you. We love you, God. And Lord, we yield, we surrender to what the Spirit is doing in this room today and what he's doing across screens, God, wherever he's moving, however he's doing it, Lord, as we, as we delve into Scripture, God, would you use it to mold us and shape us? Holy Spirit, we give you free reign to point out, to direct, to illuminate where you want to work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, you agree with that. Say amen. amen. As followers of Jesus, we are temporary residents and foreigners in this world because our real home is heaven, amen? 
And that is where our true loyalty should always be given. If that's where our eyes are focused on, if that's what we're, that's what we're living for, right? We, we've, I've said this before, you know, we, we can't compare the, the 60, 70, 80, God blesses you, 90 and 100 years that you may live on this earth to the eternity that we are going to spend in heaven. And, and when we have that mindset, when we keep that perspective, man, it's like, man, I'm, I'm living for eternity. I'm not living for what's going on now amen and so that's what peter is trying to encourage the church to do right now this idea of of temporary residency this this idea of being foreign foreigners in in the land is mentioned in in a few places in scripture And, and one of those is hebrews Hebrews 11, which, which you may know that Hebrews 11 is like the chapter of faith, and it speaks about this. And this is where we find there's, there's a bit of an expansion of what it is to live in this way and what, what it is to, to abide this way in this life. It's pointing to the, uh, to the life lived of some heroes of Scripture. It talks about Abel and it talks about, about Enoch and Noah, Abraham. Even it talks about, it talks about Sarah. That, that, and those are, as we read through scripture, we see the things that they've done, right? Not all good. You know? So we're talking about the good things that they do. We don't want to emulate the bad things. So, so when we look at the good things and we see how God used them and what God did to them, that's, that's as, a, as a church, as, as children of God, we aspire like, God, I, I want you to use me in, a, in that similar way. I want you to do something like that through me and we see that they had good intention the good things that were happening in their hearts and so let's let's read this so Hebrews and I love the way the message version describes it. Eugene Peterson just kind of just kind of makes it really plain and I, and I love it so I want to read it in that version so Hebrews eleven thirteen says this each each one of these people of faith died not yet having in hand what was promised I want you to get that this morning. Each one of these people of faith died not yet having in hand what was promised. They died not yet having what God promised them. And I just, I just want that to sit on your heart because that, that is a reality as we serve God. Like, like, God doesn't just give us everything we want. God, God, just, God, God, God doesn't just, just, it's just handing out stuff just, just willy-nilly like that. He, he's not giving it. He's, God, God is training us. God is helping us. God is molding us. God is shaping us. God is strengthening us. And then that doesn't always mean that it's going to be easy or you're going to get what you're praying for. Because ultimately, we have to yield to the, the will of God, understanding that we are foreigners living in a land that is not our home. We're living for somewhere else. God is working and moving through us as we yield to him. And so scripture is telling us, talking about Abraham and, and Isaac and Jacob and Sarah and Enoch, that, that, that all the things that God had promised them, they, they, some of those things that they did not attain, they were not given. But, scripture says, still believing but still believing. How did they do it? How do you do that? How do you do that when you're asking God for all these things, when you're, when you're, when you're trying to be devoted to God and, and it just seems like God is not coming to you? How do you stay consistent? How do you stay strong? How do you stay faithful? How do you keep your eyes focused on what God has called us to do? How do we do that? Well, let's continue to read. How did they do it? This is what the scripture says. They saw it. They saw it way off in the distance. 
waved their greeting and accepted the fact that they were transients in this world. People who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. If they were homesick for their old country or their old way of life is what he's talking about. If they were homesick, if they, were, they wanted that, they could have gone back any time they wanted. But they were after a far better country than that. Heaven country. And you see why God is so proud of them and has a city waiting for them. A life chosen a life yielded, a life willingly lived this way will inherently just stick out. It'll shine to the people around you. This is, who God, this is how God is calling us to live. This is what God is talking about. When we, when we, when we, put, we splash the word devoted across the screen and we put it on posters, this is, this is the kind of life that God is calling us to. This is the devotion that God is requiring of us, church. It's how we actually live a countercultural life. We choose the opposite most times of what our flesh wants. We choose the opposite of what our, our heart is calling us to. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Often, not always, but often. And it is to us. It is to us to show by our conduct that we are citizens of a different kingdom, a better kingdom. You know, there, 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 we have a saying that, that, that you may have heard from, from time to time. It says, man, take, just take the low road, right? Hey, take, take the low road. But listen, can I just, can I just say for everybody, for everybody here that I know what you're thinking, the low road ain't easy all the time. Uh, the, the low road is, is quite hard. In fact, I, I'd, I'd venture to say that, that the majority of the time, the low road can feel like you're off-roading in a Prius, like, I'm stuck. Like, this is as far as I can go. Like, we just started. God is like, we, we, we just started. Like, this is as far as I can go, God. This is it. I'm in a Prius. And my battery's low. <laughs> Submission is not easy. It's not. Submission, you can be the happiest person in this room. I challenge the happiest person in this room. Submission is not easy. I experienced some of it with my wife this week. <laughs> Submission is not easy. Come on now. It's, it's always so funny when, like, when I've said this before, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, what, you've been lying to me the whole time, Pastor? Oh, now you're going to be honest? That's just, that's just the honest truth. Listen, submission is not easy. Bless the Lord. Look at it. I better quit. Holy Spirit, sometimes speak to my wife. Something's going on here. <laughs> but but as they say if it were easy everybody would be doing it if it were easy everybody would do it we we have chosen the narrow road church amen we we have chosen uh, the the route less taken right but but the the journey the journey the journey is just a means to a beautiful end there is a glory that is waiting for us submission and devotion they can they can be considered symbiotic Right? And, and Peter uses these types of words, these types of phrases to encourage these new believers scattered throughout Asia, right? In fact, it is in 1 Peter 2.13 that he says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. 
wait a minute. And then he says again in 1 Peter 2.18 in the Amplified Version, he says, servants, servants, be submissive. Sometimes that word, the word there instead of servants is slaves. Be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and kind, but to those who are unreasonable. Wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. The, the word... The word has the literal meaning of stationing oneself beneath someone else. And so regarding the other person as superior to oneself. I get it. Again, I know what you're thinking. Whoa, pastor. I'm not about to let somebody be superior to me. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm down with that, that, that what Jesus was talking about there. That's one of the ones I kind of read over, Pastor. I don't really read that one. You know, we got, I, got, I, got, I can see a little bit. I got some spouses shaking their heads at me. Others going like. And I get it. That's cool. Hey, don't worry about it. It's all good. I, we'll, pre, we'll preach on pride in a few, a few weeks. You got to worry about that. <laughs> Just keep coming. Just keep coming. I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself on that one. But, but if we are, look, listen, church, but if we are to emulate Jesus Christ as followers, are we, are we, if we are to follow him and be a light into this world, right, we've been saying this. So how, how do we do this, Pastor? We've been saying simply this, church, we've chose to do these three things. We chose to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And I love how this passage starts. There's a passage in Philippians, how it starts, starts with these questions. It's thinking about, okay, how do we do this? How do we walk this road? How do we we sustain this how do we how do we keep this level of submission that even Jesus exemplified Philippians 2 sheds a little bit of light on this and kind of encourages us kind of kind of kind of slaps our hand a little bit but it encourages us to to keep on and the Bible says this in Philippians 2 it says is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ I love these questions is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ any comfort from his love any fellowship together in the spirit? Are, are your hearts tender and compassionate? These are the effects of spending time with Jesus. These are the byproducts of what happens to us naturally because we spend time with Jesus. We spend time with him outside of this gathering. I love that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're here. I love that you're with us, that you're tuning in online or wherever you're at. I love that. But God wants more. Because to, to answer these questions, is there? Examine your life. Is there? Is, is there encouragement? Do you have encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there, do, you, do you feel comfort? The comfort of his love? Are you, are you experiencing the fellowship together in the spirit? Or is your heart being tenderized and, and is compassion beginning to come out of you? So that's the questions that, that the scripture poses to us. But it doesn't leave us there, right? Let's, let's, let's pick up in verse 3. He says this, maybe this is why, maybe this is why not. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. 
Don't, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Verse 5 says, you must, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What is that? It is this, that though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. We, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. He had everything available to him. He was 100% God and 100% man. He had all the, the power and the attributes of being God, and he felt everything that it was to be human and to be whipped and scourged and tortured and, and hurt and betrayed. He felt all of those things. He was both of those things, and yet he gave it all up. Think about it, right? The, did anybody win the lotto? It's been like $500 million dollars. It's like, it's, like having, it's like having the winning ticket. You have it all. You have everything. you do. Man, $500 million. Lord, Pastor Ross would be excited for that tie check. <laughs> Bless the Lord. He'd be like, everybody get a raise. Bless God. <laughs> I'm going on sabbatical again, everybody. <laughs> just think about that like you win this lottery right you win the lottery 500 million dollars of course you know state's gonna take half of it okay so two, 250 million dollars <laughs> and then you say nah it's okay I'll give it up I don't want it. everything like there, is, there, there are few things that you would have to say no to with that kind of money. But that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. He gave it all up for those of us sitting in this room right here. He gave it all up for those of you watching right now. That's what he did for this moment right now. That we would be charged, that we would be encouraged that we would look to be devoted, devoted to him, that we would place his priorities above our own and that we would be willing to sacrifice our pride, whatever, whatever that is, that we would be willing to sacrifice that and submit ourselves as our king has done, knowing that it's okay because I don't live for this moment right now even though I, I may be embarrassed and, and, I, and, and I, I, I may be wrestling with things in my heart, God, I'm doing this because you did it. Because my eyes are on a kingdom that I am striving to attain right now, Lord. I'm striving for it to fill me, God. I want to establish the kingdom of God right here where I'm at. And I'm looking for the eternity that I'm going to spend with you in heaven. A life lived that way. A life lived as the example of what Jesus did giving up everything to make a way for one, for you, for me. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to live a life devoted to, to serving people as Jesus served us? 
It continues. Scripture continues in 12. Philippians 2 verse 12 says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God. With what? Deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, church. It is God doing the things in us. I love this picture that, excuse me, that the Holy Spirit gave me one time. He's like, David, I have everything that you need to accomplish the, the plan and the purpose that I put before you. I, all I need for you to do is say yes and take the first step. Just be willing to do it. Just be willing to say yes. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to give you the knowledge. I'm going to give you the wisdom. I'm going to give you the wherewithal. I'm going to give you the, the finances that you need. I'm going to give you everything that you need to accomplish my purpose. All I need you to do is say yes to me. Just say yes. I have everything already. I'm prepared it for you. So scripture is telling us God is working through us. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do. To do what pleases him. God, is, God, is, God has everything ready for you. He sets a, a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies, the scripture says. He's set for, for us. He's preparing everything for us. All, we, all he's asking for us to do is to be willing and to be faithful and to be devoted. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining light like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run a race in vain and that my work was not useless, but I, I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God. And this is our call. Just like your faithful service is an offering to God. All I want, and I want all, and I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice. And I will share your joy. I want to be clear here. Because Jesus never promoted a weak, powerless, and ineffective Christianity. Amen. I, I, I want to I strike that thought. From your, from your mind. And I'm not, I'm not promoting that either. I'm not, I'm not asking you to be a doormat to the foolish of this world. For you to let people abuse you and take advantage of you. That's not what I'm saying. Jesus didn't advocate that either. We see that in John 18. Paul didn't advocate that. And he stood, he stood for justice in Acts 25. And Peter isn't advocating that to the church scattered across Asia that are being burned for, to light a garden. The time and place for standing up. The time and place for standing for what's right. And that's what God has called us to do. And we see Jesus do both. But he does it under the anointing of the Spirit of God. He does it under the direction of the Spirit of God. He does it under the influence of the Spirit of God. He, it's, it's him. It's, he is it. And so we need him to understand when and when not to. To understand when to stand up and when, when to, to yield. And so, church, we have to be devoted in order for us to understand that. Because Jesus says it. He, he stands firm. In Luke 12, he says, I've come to set the world on fire. And I wish it were already burning. 
I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I've come to bring peace to the earth? No, I've come to divide people against each other. We see it nowadays. You see it, it is more evident now than it ever has been. From now on, families will be split apart. Three in favor of me and two against me, or two in favor of me and three against me. We are living in that world right now, amen? And so there is there has never been more important time. There is no more time to waste. There is no more time to dilly-dally for us as the body of Christ to stand firm in what we believe and speak the truth in love. And say, no. That doesn't that's not what this says. That's that's not what this book says. Because it's this book that we yield to. It's the scripture that we yield to, it's the instruction of God. What I'm, what I'm talking about here is just living, living a life that we just read about with God himself working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do. Quit operating on your own strength. Quit operating in your own understanding. Quit operating for your own agendas. Church, there is a beauty waiting for you, waiting for you as you yield to him, to what he's called us to Many, many sometimes go through life and they're going to fail to discover this beauty, what it's like to live in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. Because we've never devoted yourself. Nobody ever devotes themselves enough to encounter him. And so we find that we live a a, a mediocre Christianity. Holy Spirit gave me this the other day. He says, man, so many times, us as the church, we trade in the supernatural for the mediocrity of the world. We trade in being amazed and led by the Spirit of God in your job. You don't got to be standing up here to change the world. You can change the world more than I can. You're living amongst those people. You're living amongst the lost. You're working amongst the broken and the hurting. You're doing that. You have the opportunity to do it. So instead of producing supernatural holy spirit holy ghost filled fruit that astonishes you what do we do we produce this mediocrity it leaves us it leaves you desperate it leaves you empty it leaves you broken it leaves you used and unsatisfied it leaves you unfulfilled and sometimes we have the audacity to say yeah i tried that but it wasn't for me yeah i tried that but it, ah, you know the, the now nah, the promises weren't real no it wasn't that the promises weren't real it's just that you, we aren't devoted enough and god is calling us to get ready god is calling us to bear arms god is calling us to put on the armor of god church you don't have to look far it's right there on your phone. The reality of the life that with the world that we're living in. There are, I think the last, the last number that I saw, 3.8 trillion people in this world. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here a little bit because I should look this up. I didn't. It's just coming to me right now, though. I think there's, there's just millions of those, of those trillion people, there are just millions that are believers. That's a lopsided number, church. Church, those people are going to go to hell. Those people are, are lost. And God has charged us. God has given us the responsibility 
to be devoted and to, and to shine his light and to be ministers of his love, to be ministers of his truth. And, and, we, don't, and we, don't have to, we don't have to knock people over their head. That's not what Jesus did. But Jesus took a stand. He said, ah, oh, you know what? I, sorry, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in that. I, I, I believe that Jesus has established a standard for me to live, and I live by that standard. And we don't, we, don't, we don't do that just to the people around us. We do that to our hearts and our lives too. We, we worship for a little bit this morning. We're going to spend some time here in worship. And we're going to give an opportunity to respond. And again, we've, we've, been, we've been standing on these three things. We've been, we've been repeating these three things over and over again. Because you may be saying, man, Pastor, how, how do I do it? I... I I got this limitation, that limitation, blah, 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 whatever it is. Simply be with Jesus is what we've been saying. Just be with Jesus. Just spend time with him. Get into his word. Get on your knees. Get, get a, turn the TV off. Turn, the, turn, the, turn your phone off. Get away from your spouse just for a little bit. Get away from your kids for a little bit. You have to. And be with Jesus. Become like Jesus. As you read his word, as you pray, Something begins to change inside of you and do what Jesus did. <laughs> this is the beauty of these three things. Because the more time you spend with Jesus, right? The more time you spend with him, the more you become like Jesus. And the, and the, and the more you become like Jesus, the more you begin to do the things Jesus did. And the more that you do the things Jesus did, the more you want to be with Jesus. <laughs> it's just this cycle, this simple life cycle that we are calling, that, that, that the God has called the church to abide by and to be devoted to. If we're talking about devotion, be devoted to these three things and let God do supernatural things in you. Will you stand with me this morning? We're going, again, we're going to worship just for a moment. Man, I am. I've been, I've been charged <laughs> with preparing the church for what's coming. Like Peter that we're talking about here, Peter was preparing the church for a persecution that was coming. And I'm not, I'm not comparing what what the Emperor Nero did to that church. But there is a persecution coming, church. There will come a moment where you will have to decide. There will come a moment where you will have to stand up. Choose to be strengthened now. Choose to be prepared now. Choose to be edified now. God has placed everything you need inside you. We have the spirit of God in you. I want to ask the prayer team to come up as we worship. Listen, this morning, if you're wrestling with something, something's hurting you, something's, something's going on in your heart, past, present, something's holding you back from making that decision, something's, something consistently has been hindering you from 
living a devoted life this way. These people up here want to agree with you. Agree with, with what the Spirit of God can do in your heart and in your life today. That those chains and that bondage and that mindset can be broken. And you can walk out of this place free, liberated, with the, the yoke that Jesus promises that is easy and that is light. There is an exchange that needs to happen in the spiritual realm. And these people here prepare to do that with you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've wandered. <laughs> you, you haven't been living like a foreigner. You've been living like a native. And God has called you to live like a foreigner. I don't want you to walk out of this place in condemnation. That's from the devil. I want you to come and lay those things down at the, at the foot of the cross right now. You don't have to come pray with him. You can come right here and you can kneel down at this altar and you can just give it all to God. God, I apologize. God, I repent for doing this. God, I repent for doing that. I repent for making my own decisions. You can come and do that right here on your own. The spirit of God is here. If you want to come and rededicate your life, come and do that. If you want to come and give your life to God, there's people here that they'll do that with you too. Let me pray for you as we just take these few minutes to worship. And church, let's respond to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. Father God, we come before you and we love you. We surrender to your work and your will and your way. We thank you for the power of the cross. We thank you for sending your son that gives us this opportunity to be purified. We can walk out of here white as snow. We can walk out of here without the weight of our past, without the weight of our mistakes, without the weight of our bad decisions, without the weight of the sin that has been holding us down and keeping us captive, without the weight of the, the feelings of abuse that I had to endure, without the way those things have dictated my life and ruined everything that I think about and everything that I see and, and come out of the way that I speak. I don't have to live that way anymore. I can lay those things down at the foot of the cross and be restored and be renewed and be replenished and be made whole and new and I speak that over you right now by the power of the living God Lord Jesus would you come and work in our hearts and our lives Lord Jesus would you come and do what only you can do Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus we pray Amen